Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Sometimes Funny, Always Awkward. This is a podcast about nothing and everything, especially being a hot fucking mess. My name is Maddie and I have a guest with me today in the studio. Um, she's our producer and our editor and a stand-up comedian and an actor. Do you want to add anything else there? A uh, podcaster. And pod- <laughs> of course, oh my God, you're a podcaster. Um, welcome to the pod, Alex J. Thank Hi. you so much for having me. Can you like tell my mum all those things? <laughs> Does she not believe that you're all just, of those yeah. things? The life of a creative though. Exactly. No, I feel you. Because now that like I'm actually earning money in being a creative, mum's like, my girl's creative. Yes. But before that, it was just a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, mum. But hi, thank you so much for being on the pod. Thanks for having me. This is so fun to be on the other side of it. Yeah, because you listen to them and yeah. now you get to be in them. <gasps> but uh, if, for those of you listening at home, Grace is on maternity leave. If you didn't know, she had a baby. I mean, you should know the entire podcast has been her pregnancy journey. <laughs> She's had a baby. She popped one out a couple of weeks ago. She's doing well, but we're giving her some time off. So that's why we have Alex here today. And you might expect some like throwback episodes from me as well to give her some time to recover her vagina, I guess. I love a recovered vagina. <laughs> <laughs> we do, we do. We do. <laughs> but I guess a bit of background about how we know each other as well, because we actually, I did the maths this morning. Okay, fine. We met uh, seven years ago. Seven? Isn't that gross? Fucking hell. Aren't we old? Yuck! Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Ooh. Yeah. Alex and I first met actually on a web series that I produced. I have spoken about this once before. It's about being in your 30s and not having your shit together, which is kind of on brand for me still. <laughs> um, I'm turning 30 this year, so it's, I know. Isn't that Huge. Gross? Yuck. But I feel like it's like that's been the recurring theme of my entire life. It's just like not having your shit together. But Alex was in the series you were one of like the main supporting characters yes. you played Danny and so we met in 2016 when you auditioned for that with your purple hair oh my god it was purple remember that I do gosh she just got out of a breakup oh is that what happened that's what happened I was happened. gonna ask I yeah. was like what spurred that <laughs> she got a I got a fringe and purple hair I did the double whammy of breakup there's a moment there's a moment <laughs> where you're just like I'm gonna fuck everything up and I'm gonna give myself bangs yeah I'm and gonna and, and I'm gonna hate it and yeah. I'm gonna hate myself but that's where we are right now yeah but no but you rocked it I loved it thank you so much that's how I met you so I met you with bangs so that's like how I knew you right but I mean I love the brown thank you so much we love the natural which is yeah we've gone a bit, yeah natural and <laughs> <laughs> so crazy because yeah. I was I was finding there was there's not a lot of acting roles for bright purple haired mm, girls no actually that's why I, I dyed my hair red yeah really <laughs> to get more roles yeah nice you do it's always it's a, you could like you use what you've got and your hair exactly. color is such an asset. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I went red. But tell me about what you do. Give everyone a little sure spiel. Well, my name's Alex, and like many said, we've we met. Fuck, I can't I cannot believe I that was seven years ago now. But that makes sense because I was just about to turn thirty as we started shooting yep. the show Thirty, mm-hmm. and I'm now thirty six. So fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to remind um, you. Uh, do you know what I realized the other day? And this is fine and totally fine and great and I love it and I love it. But I'm pushing 40 now. I can say, I can say out loud to people, 
I'm pushing 40. Not yet. 36, that's like, no, you've got that's the four back end. years of being in your 30s yet. So let's not, like, I still don't even say 30. I still say 29. So I think I was probably saying I was pushing 30 from like 22 on <laughs> <laughs> No, you, you well, have. Racing like, up the end there. Yeah, you're still in your mid 30s. You still have two years. It's not until you're 29. Okay. I mean, sorry, 39 that you say that you're in your late 30s. <laughs> so like even 38, you're mid 30s. So you're only in your late 30s for 12 months. That's right. <laughs> and then you're in your early 40s. Exactly. I like that. Exactly. Exactly. Don't say pushing 40 yet. But I know it's a our age is such a stupid thing. It just isn't feels it? weird to me because like, I just don't feel like I am getting there because, yeah, like we're, I'm in the arts, the creatives. Yes. I don't have kids. I'm not married. Yep. So I'm living the life of a 26 year uh-huh. old versus 36. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. So then I met you through acting stuff. But my main thing for like the last 10 years has been stand up comedy. I'm a stand up comedian. And then, yeah, so now I'm a podcaster comedian and just in the last year started working as a producer with our network yeah and then you came on board and it was just such an amazing small world I know everything the world's collided it was great yeah and how like how have you found being a stand-up comedian I love it yeah I really do I've always just loved stand-up comedy just like since a kid I just never knew I never knew that you could just do it. Mm. So I, I started quite late. I didn't start stand-up till I was like 27 because I thought for some reason you had to be like invited to do it right. by, I don't know, the powers that be or yeah, something. Yeah, somebody gave you the opportunity. Yeah. You didn't just do it. They give you like the secret code to get to an open mic or something. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Anyone can do it. I had the same opinion with acting and actually. And anyone does do it. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah, when I was younger, I was like, wait, anyone can do this? Right. I'm going to do this. <laughs> what? I thought it was just for famous people. Do it. And by mean doing it, it's just like struggle. Try it. Just try. (laughs) Not earn money from it. But yeah, you know, do it. Make it my identity. Yes. But in no way be able to live off that identity. Exactly. Mm. Be a starving artist forever. Forever. (laughs) Um, And then, so like you have a podcast as well, Mm. which is called Dude Cinema. Dude Cinema, yes. So I host it with my best friend and fellow comedian, Beck Charwood. And we basically just watch and review all the movies that dudes have told us that we have to see because we realized that we weren't like film people we weren't like we like movies but we're not obsessed with them and then we found that every dude that we were like friends with or dated or anything was like have you seen Pulp Fiction have you seen blah blah have you You seen seen The Matrix you haven't seen The Matrix how are you a human I haven't seen The Matrix oh my god Maddie how are you existing (laughs) (laughs) but even I find that like in the cinemas these days all the movies are made for men well look Mm -hmm. they're made for everyone but i find that it's just like the blockbuster like action ah, because they're the ones that make the most money exactly i get it it's a business movie Mm. making is a business they don't make rom-coms anymore and i'm sad about it i'm so sad i'm so through this journey every dude movie is fucking at least two hours long yeah often three yep so quiet so dark so Mm. grimy to Mm. look at you need to like turn up that saturation and exposure and then I'm grieving the 90 minute rom-com yes I just want something easy to watch yeah do you remember them I know now it just goes straight to Netflix but they're often like with really terrible actors yeah did you see that Christmas one with Lindsay Lohan 
no don't do it oh, it's awful no. and like i was so ready for her comeback but oh. it's such a bad movie no in what way just like terrible terrible writing yeah. terrible acting no chemistry and oh. it's just oh it's sad well speaking of no chemistry isn't there a new one that's meant to be coming out with reese witherspoon and ashton kutcher yes and, and they've a- had such a bad press tour oh, no. it's sad but i also think it's like ashton was just like I think that everyone's being scrutinized at the moment for like doing the wrong thing, you know, you know, what are our boundaries? I'm not saying he's been accused of sexual assault at all, but mm. it's just kind of like, well, if I don't give them anything to edit to even then they've got no to material close up on in a photo. Exactly. And I think that's just what's happening because we're in this kind of like era mm. where it's just kind of like, well, now I'm going to say the wrong thing and we're going to get cancelled, which actually kind of leads into what we wanted to chat about today, mm. which mm-hmm. was just anxiety, I guess, about being a performer being a comedian because we're both kind of different forms of comedians you're a stand-up comedian which I feel like there'd be so much anxiety around saying the wrong thing and offending people Mm -hmm. the point of comedy is to make fun of shit yeah and to laugh yeah but we're in this world where it's just kind of like well I'm gonna offend someone someone's gonna get offended (laughs) yes and I I went to a stand-up show in the states when I was there and they actually made us put phones in like a sealed pouch in order not to film them I reckon just in case somebody got offended somebody got put on the internet and then got cancelled. That's 100% what it's about. It used to be the whole like don't film stand-up because someone's working on a joke, they don't want the unpolished version getting yeah. out there. But now it's 100% just for that. Like <laughs> um, a couple of weeks ago I, I wasn't at this gig but I did the one before it but there's a Tuesday night comedy gig at the Enmore Theatre in Sydney and they sometimes have like drop-ins like famous people if they're yeah. in town touring they'll drop in and do a set and they did get a drop in and it was Dave Chappelle and the audience didn't know that that was going to happen weren't aware at all and they were told to put their phones away like they would take all the phones were taken off them because it's Dave Chappelle yeah you know like yeah the most contentious comedian around at the moment and the poor audience didn't get their phones for like four hours wow well I guess without it's like, pl- without knowing that that was gonna happen yeah, bad admin I guess yeah bad, poorly planned Very. but I mean like there's a balance like don't be shit in your stand-up routine totally. but also like you have to understand that like we're making fun yeah it's not serious there's a very clear rule like that's just widely accepted and I think in comedy if you follow the rule you're okay which is just punch up don't yes. punch down yeah so make fun of people in above, power above you yeah with, which for with, us is all men exactly <laughs> and that's why we made a podcast about it that's <laughs> it's free reign <laughs> yeah that's why like my best performing joke is like man can't find a clitoris like yeah. I've made that joke so many times but it does well and I get away with it because I'm a woman yeah and I'm making fun of someone above me and they've had it pretty good yeah so. <laughs> But then now they're complaining, like, is it okay to be a straight white man? And we're like, we're not saying no, but we're just making it funnier. I, I think we're, I don't know. We're not there yet. No. Sure, we can't be there no. yet. We've got another couple hundred years at least, I, I think. Yeah. But how do you find it? Do you have anxiety? I do. And I was thinking about this. I don't know how, like, I think we both would have anxiety around this, but totally different because my anxiety is well, with stand-up and again unless it's being filmed it's just in the moment the mm. only people that hear the jokes that you tell are the people in that room that night so I think there's a lot more I hadn't thought about it before but I think there's a lot more freedom in that because if you do tell a fuck joke or you accidentally say something that offends someone in the crowd you have to deal with it immediately with that person with the crowd you have to work to get the crowd back on your side or else you just bomb for the rest of the set or whatever Whereas I imagine with online, it's so different to that. 
Although I can just delete the video. That's true. (laughs) I can just take it away. And often I do. That's how I cope with it sometimes. If somebody's been offended, I take it down. But yeah, putting it out to the masses. Although like there's a big skill in having to recover a set and to get the crowd back. I just, I don't, Mm. I don't understand how you do it. And I would never be able to do it because I'm such a people pleaser Mm. and I wouldn't be able to cope with people not liking me. And that's where my anxiety comes from. It just comes from being like an insufferable people pleaser and I need everyone to like me. And Mm -hmm. so when somebody gives me some hate, I can't cope. Mm -hmm. Although I'm very fortunate that I, I really don't get a lot of hate. Good. Like it's, I'm glad it's like, I want to even say like it's 999% positive, but the problem with being on the internet is like the feedback is so digital that like even the positive comments don't have a huge effect on me. Like I can read it and be like, yeah, that's nice. But when I read a negative one, oh, it hurts. It's photographic memory. And it stays with you. I could write it 10 years later verbatim. Yeah. Yeah. And so like in the beginning – I feel like I've actually become more conservative with my comedy now. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, I was just making stuff because it was fun for me. Now, because I have such a big audience, I'm like, well, who am I going to offend if I release this video? And now I'm actually preemptively having the anxiety oh, before that's I post. Oh, a pre-anxiety yeah. about. And I, and I also They're like, so fun. Isn't it? It's yeah. just fun. It's fun having anxiety. It's really – because that's what anxiety does. Like I'm a huge – most of my stand-up is talking about anxiety. Yeah. I love the topic. <laughs> massive anxiety nerd and part of anxiety and an anxious person which I like to think is our superpower Mm. and I've tried to write a bit around this but it sounds just a bit too woe is me (laughs) but like I think it's our superpower to prepare for the worst case scenario the worst case situation for anything anxious people are always prepared because we've fucking just lived it hypothetically Mm -hmm. in our heads for the last day (laughs) and then so when it does happen and it's less intense you're just like well this is fucking great or when it does happen you feel so validated yes but then you're like i've prepared yeah you all thought i was crazy you all thought i was overthinking this but guess what i was just psychic i was right (laughs) yeah no it's i actually like will refilm skits and like yeah not put them out. I've had two major skits, which, which is just so much work mm. because I have the joke. Oh God, yeah, I know. Ugh. I have the joke, and I'm like, ah, oh, this is funny. And then I'm then I film it, and then I edit it, and I'm like, yes, this is funny. And then before I post it, I just have a little bit too long to think about it. Oh yeah. And then I'm like, well, oh, who's going to get offended by this? Oh, I have to start again. Does that is that kind of the snake eating yeah. itself? Yeah, because it's terrible. If you analyze that. Someone, even the most innocuous joke, you could find a hypothetical person who's going to be someone's going to get upset. offended by it. Someone's going to get upset. Yeah. It's actually a video I posted last week. If you do follow me on Instagram, it was the hiding your vibrator when mm. you have a date over. Yeah, that's actually my second edit. The first one is still available on YouTube if you would like to Ooh, see it. Gee. The first version, I had a my date there. So I'm like, I pretended to be the vibrator. Mm-hmm. I myself, Maddie, walk into the bedroom. My vibrator gets offended that I want to hide her because I have a date over. Cute. And the original ending, I had a gentleman arrive being like, what's taking so long? And then the vibrator's like, I'll see you in two minutes. <laughs> right? And I'm making fun of guys only lasting two minutes. Yeah, and it's such great. a well-known joke. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. I got scared. I got scared some man, some straight man's going to get offended. Look, I, my instinct is like, Maddie, no. But then my anxiety brain is like, I get it. Yes. It's completely unfounded, but I do get it. Yeah, and it was funny because like then I remade the skit to be the vibrator threatening to die 
when I was using her. <laughs> and so then that I would just be left with my hand and my hand was there in the corner just being like this dorky little character like, hey. And that was the joke, just being like, it's just going to be you and your hand tonight because nice. you're abandoning me. So you can see both versions. Wow. Um, but yeah, I, I did remake the joke to make fun of myself rather than making fun of a man. Mm -hmm. And then last night... I had a little bit of hate. Did you see my close friend's story? I did. And I was see like, fuck later. yeah, bitch, get it. Oh, but yeah, I actually am proud of myself because I coped with the hate pretty well last night. I um, posted a paid partnership that was about marriage equality and queer love. Mm. And although most of my followers know that I'm bi, I don't talk about it often for this reason. Mm which is bad, but you know, I've got the, the it's mostly straight men yeah. who probably, you know, want to sexualize me and think that maybe they have a chance with me, but then they find out that like, oh no, she sleeps with ladies. She doesn't want to fuck me. I don't want to follow her anymore. So I had a bunch of people. What a fun existence right? for that guy. For them for to that, expect that me to be there just for them. Yeah, just to, to be, that's how they live online. Like that's their life online is like, oh girl. And then let's analyze if she'd fuck me. And then if she does any, <laughs> ugh. I just watched the Pamela documentary, by oh, the way, and she talks it. a lot about that kind oh, of stuff. Really about really about just being there, like the being, male gaze. Yeah, and oh. being sexualized. And if you divert in any way from what men expect of you, a la a Pamela Anderson sex bomb, they get really angry. <gasps> so that's yeah. oh, I need to watch this. Mm. Yeah, but I got a bunch of hate, and I did have to. I deleted some of them, and then I stopped. And then I was like, no, you know what? Leave that. And then like my beautiful audience came to my rescue Great. and just hated on them, like. Or just like shared more love, good to good. kind of drown out the haters. And I was just like, I love fuck you, yeah. fuck yeah. But that's, also, fuck those guys. Yeah, they're just that's the difference as well. I think between live and online comedy is with stand up, people aren't brave enough to say those things to mm. you in person. Like yes. it's, it's, it's the, the age old thing. Yeah. And so you do get hecklers at shows, but they're just the really drunk, really confident ones. Yeah. And they're really a dime a dozen. For me, like, wait, is dime a dozen a lot or not a lot? I have no idea. I would have let you get away with that. Thank you so Sound, much. It made sense. Okay. Future me, <laughs> edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Please keep that in. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like so hecklers, I actually think I, I don't get a lot of hecklers in my stand up because I because I, I present as quite anxious. Like that's yes. my whole that's my that's stage presence. Yep. That's, and I like talk so much about anxiety and, and being a people pleaser, being a not assertive person. So I think people are just like, OK, if we heckle her, we might break her. So we won't. <laughs> So do do you actually Which like? Is great. Do you lean into it? Yeah. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> that's so good. So then, if I that's the plan. So if I do get, ever get heckled, I can lean into that that personality oh, trait yes, of mine yeah. as opposed to needing to be like the comedian that takes down heckle. It's yeah. like I can't do that. I hate conflict and confrontation. No, I, I don't, don't do that. that. I don't cry. Like, I, I well, yeah, I would cry, but I'm not. I'm not fast enough. I'd come yeah. up with the comeback after I'd left, you know, and it just wouldn't be funny then. Yeah, nobody's really listening because you'd be chasing them to the car, and exactly. then, then you're the heckler. Exactly. <laughs> it's a vicious cycle. <laughs> the heckle's being heckled. Oh no, I just don't know how you do it though. I well, that's yeah. I don't know how you do it. Like so that because I've started to put just stand up clips online and yes. stuff, and people hate it when women try and be funny. I don't know if you've found that in your travels. Definitely, <laughs> <laughs> women aren't funny. Alex, what are you talking about? Stop women it. Aren't funny. Stop it. No. Stop trying. Yuck. You're so cute. Oh. 
so Actually, sweet. Actually, I have a comment mm-hmm. that I, I screenshotted it because I wanted to share it, but I, it's probably buried in my camera roll. But I did a partnership for a vibrator a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago, and I literally had a comment, and it basically said, women aren't funny, but you're sexy. That was like the crux of the comment. It was so funny. Oh, my God. It was like with your sense of humor or lack thereof. But I would have found it entertaining if you had demonstrated how to use the toy. So basically just saying like, women aren't funny, but I'd love to sexualize you for my own entertainment. Yeah, that's like put that in stone. Like that is a perfect encapsulation of what it is. Being like being a woman in comedy and being a performer in general. It's just Mm. like, well, I'm just there for your for, for the male gaze, which I really like last night scared me a little bit because I was like, I'm losing followers. I did lose a big chunk of followers. I know. But, but you know, I don't who want they th- are. Yeah, exactly. We don't want those people following no. me anyway. But then I was like, in my kind of like reluctance to make queer content, I'm just like, I am doing it for the male gaze. I am like not sharing that part of me because I'm scared. I'm f- fearful of the backlash from the people who I probably don't want there anyway. Anyway, yeah. It's so strange. So, yeah, it's so true, though, because that's our internalised misogyny, Mm. right, is to – like, and the same happens in stand-up. Like, it's so natural for people – when trying to when creating comedy content to talk about sex to talk about dating like that's a funny fucking topic it is so funny and it's endless does it I mean I hope you all are yeah I mean if you're not you you know what the jokes are like you know what we're talking about we all know it's primal it's so funny and it's yeah it's an infinite well of comedy but dudes online I've noticed after putting in just my stand-up clips which again they would never say this to you in person in an actual show but online Every time I get a comment notification, I'm like, I bet you it's about women not being funny. Uh-huh. And it is almost every time. Uh. And I don't I delete all of them. Is yes. that done? I just I do too. I delete literally all of them. Like, yeah. cannot be bothered. Yeah. I can't be bothered to live. I, I don't want it to live there because then they, maybe it'll draw more of them in. That's, yeah. And then also if I delete it, I can not look at it. Mm. And it's like for my own health. But the other reason I delete my comments is because my mum and auntie, read all of my comments which is fun I love them and I've actually told them they they cannot talk to me about comments anymore because they if I chose not to read the comments they would tell me okay they're like hey did you did you hear that comment that guy said that really rude thing and I was like well I was actively choosing to ignore the haters but thank you she's like don't worry I've screenshot them all I've collated them into a little montage for you screenshot them just for my own like haha later yeah but I delete them so my my family don't see it because otherwise they would like re-hate the hate on me like when I was mentioning it and do they also then get worried and stuff because then you have to explain that like actually online hate it's not real yes it does affect me yes but it is it isn't real I don't actually have people coming up to me in the street saying these things like mum like don't worry yeah so I do yeah I do have to like it's just I'm saving me work of having to explain it to them. Yeah. With you saying that you lost some followers, those followers are just the dudes who want to sexualize you. So yeah. you're right. Do you even need them, them anyway? Yeah. You just want nice people in the comments. Yeah. So like we don't really want them there anyway. So I don't know why. Like in the beginning I was like, oh, no, don't leave. But then I was like, no, leave. Bye. Yeah. See, ya. I don't yeah. want you here anyway. Do you ever find that you get people not so much being offended but like picking apart premises or being like this is this doesn't track with like my experience or something yeah sometimes but not in like a negative way Mm -hmm. like if I make fun of dating apps people are always like well I found the love of my life on dating apps and so like they'll counter what my joke is or like my experience because my jokes is just about my experience of course hopefully it's universal but sometimes it's different 
But to be honest, it just creates a discussion in my right. comments, which which is great, which is great, and it just it, it opens up like conversation. People have chats in the comments themselves, being like, "Yes, I also met my person on a dating app," and Aww. it's actually kind of nice. I don't mind that they disagree, but sometimes I do have people telling me how the joke would have been funnier. Oh, mm, delicious! <laughs> You're like, mm, thank God. you. That happened on Twitter a lot back in the day when Twitter was fun. Um, <laughs> And yeah. <laughs> I've never been on there because for me it was never fun. It you was, miss it? I do miss it. Oh. I grieve Twitter so much. Mm. Like, sorry, Is it going to have a comeback? Fuck you, Elon. I know. What you've done to our – I don't think it will. Damn. It's still alive but it's different. We are also very video – yeah, like we're video these days. So I think a lot of people have just left Twitter yeah. for that reason, yeah. for the Musk takeover, for whatever reason. But I'm still there. I'm still hanging in. Okay, good. But back in the day when it just used to literally just be jokes and people telling jokes, like it's heyday, you would absolutely guarantee that there would be someone trying to tag your joke or make a better punchline to it in a reply on a tweet. <laughs> oh, God, some people are shit, aren't they? You're like, well, I found this funny. This is the way I wanted the joke to come out. So don't, yeah. don't tell me how to do it. Yeah, but then you're like, well, that's still engagement. So, yes. Right? Well, yeah, that's, that's what I thing. had to say about the haters last night. Like, mm. you telling me that you're unfollowing me and commenting on my post, mm. you're actually sending that out to more people. So yeah. thank you very much thank and you, see sir. you later. Bye-bye. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. <laughs> Have you ever engaged and gotten into, like, an argument with a commenter? I will always type a reply. Yeah. And then I will delete, delete it. it. <laughs> I will never engage with a hater. Last night I did. One person saying that like my video deserved an unfollow. So I replied with okay, bye with like a little wave emoji. I love that. That was the first time ever. You should always do okay, bye. Just okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> Every on, hater. On Dude Cinema, we don't anymore. But back at the beginning before we found, like you said, before we found our audience and it was just going out to dudes Randoms. who love oh. movies didn't not realizing what our angle was oh god they'd get we'd get so much hate when we didn't love their favorite movies oh my god um, especially blade runner we didn't like blade runner I and blade runner. thank you so much this really validating oh. and so what we decided to just in terms of like to abate our own like anxieties around getting hate and stuff online is anytime someone would comment which is always a dude like disagreeing with our opinion we would just write back like thanks for listening so good just kill them with kindness they've listened. yeah give them more positivity <laughs> and, and like let them know that they haven't affected you and that they've actually helped us because they've bumped our listener number up for that episode isn't that funny isn't that funny just that you find the little things you find to to get through the, the joy the, 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 <laughs> the joy of a hater it actually is quite helpful thanks for hating us Thank thanks for you. listening okay bye bye do you find do you struggle with anxiety just in normal stuff outside of online things? I haven't had anxiety oh. ever in my life. Yeah, right. Until I became a content creator. Interesting. Mm. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Love yep. when a new career plan lines <laughs> up I, with a mental <laughs> health issue. Yes, mental health. Yay, thank you so much. Like this has been the best job I've ever had yeah. in my life and it's created so many incredible opportunities for me. I cannot believe what my life is like right now. I love my job and I just get to make stupid, funny, silly videos that I find funny and incidentally other people do too. Mm. But I just get to make fun stuff for the internet and post it there. But then with that joy, this has created a lot of anxiety. This podcast created a lot of anxiety because mm. I'm sharing so much of my personal life on here and I 
you know, you're my editor. <laughs> you know my anxiety. Like the amount of edits that I've sent to you, even after we've posted episodes, for me to be like, oh, I shouldn't have shared that. You know, if I ever shared any kind of information or insight about my exes, because mm, I was like, what stuff. if they come? Yeah, personal stuff. I was just being like, oh no, I've I've overshared because. The reality of being in a podcast is you're in a close room with a friend mm-hmm. and you forget mm. that thousands of people are going are gonna to listen to this. But that's so normal. Yeah, it's crazy. But I wonder if like, like you're saying, like you have this amazing job, but you also now have a fun anxiety <laughs> issue too to live with. Is it because like, I'm the same, like I, I've had many jobs over the years, like so many day jobs and stuff that I just haven't given a shit about and obviously haven't created any anxiety, but I have, I do have a lot of anxiety around like stand up podcasting and, and that side. I think it just, the way I tell my anxious self is just that that just means I care, mm. right? So if you've unfortunately developed an anxiety problem, <laughs> maybe that just means you really care about and I just, this like, career. Yeah, I really love it and it's meaningful. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I think you're right. Has it been getting better as you go along? Yes. I think you might have noticed also with my lack of edits. Mm. I'm just like, no notes, post it. Great. I'm fine. Yeah. I think I'm also becoming more, I'm more aware in the room of what I'm comfortable sharing. Yeah. And then also like with the stuff that I'm putting out there and also because I've received so much feedback from the podcast that I know that the people listening are my friends. Yeah. And that they're not going to message me and tell me that I'm an idiot if I've said the wrong thing. Pick it apart for some reason. Yeah, or, or, you know, just like, you know, bash me for, not bash me, but like give me hate for weeing in a van one time because Mm. it's funny. Like it's, life is messy. You should only receive love for that. (laughs) (laughs) I actually do. People love it. And I was like, oh no. Now I'm known as the girl that weed in a van. That was the first episode I edited of the podcast, Stuart. I was like, fuck yeah, this is a great pod. I am strapped in. It's funny. And you know, I haven't even told the story about when I got pooed on. Do you want to tell it now or should we save it it for Grace? Oh, she can hear. I'll tell it to her later. Grace does not listen to the podcast, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) So she won't hear this story. You can tell her again. Let's get into some sex talk. Why not? Do it. Moving on from anxiety. We like, we love your anxiety, but bye. See you later. My two favorite topics, anxiety and sex. (laughs) And poo? And poo. (laughs) Because let me combine them. I didn't really get shat on. (laughs) But I had poo on me. This was like very early on. So this, let me just clarify, this is foreign poo. This is not your own. Not my own poo. No. I was having sex with a guy and he decided, this is actually no funny. I did stand up once in my life. Stop it. Once in my life. How have I known you for seven years? It happened before. It <gasps> happened seven years ago. It's the show I took the Edim- to the Edinburgh Fringe. Oh, yeah. Which was a stand-up show. It was yeah. like a, it was a sketch and a stand-up show. Mm. And we all had our own stand-up routines. And this was my routine I- because we had a bunch of like skits about poo and we had a bunch of skits about sex, which is quite funny because I'm still that's still my main <laughs> material, honestly. And so like we we're like, how do we link the two? And I was like, I have a story. <laughs> Me, I can I link do. poo and sex. I can link poo and sex. So this one time I was having sex with this guy, it was, you know, average sex and we were getting towards the end and he, you know, asked me where he could finish. And I was like, oh, he really used to like coming on my chest. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I would lay down this. I've never had anyone do this since this way, but this is the way he used to do it. I would lie down on the bed and he would like straddle me and then he would just jerk himself off. Okay. And then come on me. Okay. But like, you know, and like you're getting close to coming you do like this like you know clenching action and yeah. you kind of like rock your hips back and forward yep so he was kind of doing really that getting in yeah you're getting in there because you're like trying to like get oh, it there so then he comes on me so i've come all over my chest mm-hmm. and he gets off me and i have this like strip of 
poo no. on my belly. No. And like he was straddled in the center. So there's like in my belly button. Oh, Maddie. And he hadn't pooed. I know. He hadn't pooed. He just hadn't cleaned himself up properly from his last session. Wait. So he'd done a really gross poo. And that was just he just he left just, over. He, he just like massaged it into my belly. <laughs> then he got off and so okay i've got cum on my chest and poo on my oh belly my God. and he got into the shower first excuse me sir what he was like oh, i'm just gonna go clean up didn't even offer me a towel did he no did he clock the yeah. poop? he saw it and that's why i knew he didn't clean up properly because he was like oh oops i mustn't have cleaned up properly oh oops Sir. And so you're just, you know, when, like you can't stand up because that, that's going to dribble everywhere. So I just yeah. laid on the bed. Like I just laid on the bed you and were waited. wrapped with all of his bodily residue. fluids. <laughs> all of the fluids. And I just could not believe it. I just could not believe it. Imagine if right before he goes into the bathroom, he's like, you're not a golden showers girl, right? Like just want to make sure we're not going three for three on this. <laughs> no? Should, okay. No? I, should okay. we just okay. finish it up? I'll clean you down. No, I can't. That's my poo story. That's incredible. I have so many questions. Yeah. At first, was he embarrassed? No. I I applaud his confidence. To be a man. (laughs) Because me, like with my, like if I have any bodily fluids, like, you know, when I weed a little bit, like I just like, it's all about being pretty and dainty yes. and sexy and, and making sure that like. Clean and smelling good. Yeah. Like the prep we have to do. Oh, don't even. The prep we have to do. Don't even. Do you still prep while you're in a relationship or you move past that? Um. Oh, yeah. There's way less prep. It's yeah. more just like a general maintenance. Yes. And then if it happens to fall on the right time in the right. week long of maintenance good for him if not oh well <laughs> okay good yeah because I definitely find that like when I'm in a relationship I'm less yeah. maintained but yeah this boy did not give a fuck I just the confidence my god yeah he did he was a very confident guy I'm the, jealous like if that happened to me or to you or I think to any self-respecting normal person I would never not be thinking about that for the rest of my life every time I would want to have sex I'd be like give me two seconds to go wash my bum yeah Oh yeah, it would become <laughs> it would become an absolute like hyperfixation forever and ever. Yeah, I'd become man. OCD about it. And I so, th- how did you feel after that? Did you like surgically remove your stomach or something? <laughs> yes, I like- no longer have a belly button. <laughs> I've removed it. It doesn't exist. It's gone. <laughs> Good. Just <laughs> by fecal matter inside me. <laughs> you know what? I got a lot of UTIs with that guy. <laughs> It checks out. It checks out. (laughs) So many UTIs. Not a clean boy. Dirty dick. (laughs) Not a dirty, dirty dick. No. That's my story for you. Everyone, clean your buttholes. (laughs) And welcome to the podcast, Alex. (laughs) That's all we have for today's episode. Thank you, Alex, for joining me and being a guest. Thanks for having me. This has been so fun. And I can't wait for Grace to come back too. We miss her. We do. We miss you, Grace. Not that she's ever listening to these episodes. Grace, we miss you. If you can feel this in the ether, we miss you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll see you next week, guys. Bye.